Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Today is Monday, July 20th, 2020. On this day in 2015, Eddie Tipton was found guilty of rigging the lottery in Iowa. He'd used his position inside the industry to cheat the system and get rich quick until he made a mistake and the scheme fell apart. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Today we're covering the conviction of Eddie Tipton, a former information security director for the Multi-State Lottery Association, who rigged the lottery system for years. Let's go back to a Des Moines, Iowa courtroom on the morning of Monday, July 20th, 2015. It was being called the biggest lottery scam ever. A 2010 jackpot worth over $14 million had been fraudulently won, prosecutors believed, and 52-year-old Eddie Tipton was at the center of it all. As the jury filed into the courtroom, Tipton scanned their faces. Did they believe him? The trial had lasted a week, and up until this final moment, it could still go either way. Beyond the courthouse, local media watched the case with fascination. It seemed so improbable that someone could rig the lottery. Adam Scott Want, an expert in digital forensics and cybersecurity from John Jay College of Criminal Justice, pointed out that the prosecution was faced with the curious task of proving their argument without any actual evidence linking Tipton to the crime. The heart of the case was a piece of surveillance footage taken at the moment the winning ticket was purchased. The man who bought the ticket was hooded, which meant his face was almost completely obscured from every angle, but you could hear his voice. Iowa Assistant District Attorney Rob Sand argued that it belonged to Eddie Tipton. As an employee for the Multi-State Lottery Association, or MUSL, Tipton was prohibited from buying lottery tickets at all. But his wrongdoing didn't stop there. Sand argued that Tipton used his position as information security director for MUSL to rig the game in his favor. He didn't know exactly how, but he had circumstantial evidence that suggested it had been done. It wasn't just the surveillance footage. There were also incriminating phone records that linked Tipton to several alleged conspirators. Sand used these bits and pieces to draw a sketchy picture of how his suspect orchestrated the crime from inside MUSL. He hoped the jury saw it clearly enough to put Tipton behind bars. 
Meanwhile, Tipton's lawyer argued that the man seen in the surveillance footage was not Eddie. That man had a beard, he pointed out, and at the time, his client was clean-shaven. Additionally, the defense attorney pointed out that the prosecution's case was based entirely on speculation and circumstance. Indeed, there was no evidence of any malicious codes or malware contained in the lottery software. Perhaps it was lost in routine updates in the years since 2010. Perhaps the code Tipton used was self-deleting. Or perhaps, as the defense argued, there had been no code in the first place. So, as Eddie Tipton stood to hear the jury's verdict, he may have held on to hope that he would soon be a free man. But it wasn't to be. During their six-hour deliberation, the jury had watched the footage of the winning ticket over and over until there was a consensus. Eddie Tipton was guilty. Tipton was sentenced to 10 years behind bars for the crime, the maximum penalty the judge could impose. But Tipton's time in front of a judge was far from over. His first conviction opened the floodgates. Over the next few months, he was accused of rigging jackpots in Colorado, Kansas, and Oklahoma, then claiming the prizes through proxies. The new charges included racketeering, money laundering, theft by fraud, and computer crimes. Over the next two years, Eddie Tipton and his accomplices were in and out of courtrooms as prosecutors made their case. But then, in June of 2017, it all came to a shocking end. Eddie Tipton entered a courtroom and finally came clean. He told the judge exactly what he did. Coming up, Eddie Tipton's years-long con. Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by The Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch-off, the $500,000 Platinum Jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to 500 grand is if I do scratch it? Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 platinum jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Now, back to the story. In 2017, Eddie Tipton cut a deal with prosecutors and, in exchange, confessed in detail to his crimes. What he revealed was a years-long scam involving lotteries in states across the USA. In 2005, a colleague made a joking, offhand comment to Tipton, asking if he'd thought about making the computer system spit out numbers that Tipton himself chose. Tipton had been working as a security director for the Multi-State Lottery Association, or MUSL, for around two years at that stage. The company handled the day-to-day -day operations of member lotteries. In truth, it was a job he was surprised to land, given his felony conviction for participation in a burglary when he was a teen. He disclosed his history during the hiring process, but it wasn't an issue for MUSL. You wrote the software, Eddie's colleague told him, and just like that, the seed was planted. 
Soon after, Eddie inserted two lines of code into the program responsible for randomly generating numbers at each drawing. The new lines allowed him to predict the numbers on three dates each year, May 27th, November 23rd, and December 29th. The code couldn't tell him exactly which numbers were going to come up. There was still an element of chance, but the hack significantly improved the odds in his favor. A regular person playing the same lottery had a 1 in 5 million chance of winning. Tipton's odds were 1 in 200. On November 23, 2005, Eddie's numbers came up in a $4.5 million draw in Colorado. His brother Tommy purchased the winning ticket and gave it to a friend who collected the prize money. The friend kept 10% of the winnings and handed the rest back over to Tommy. The plan worked so well that, naturally, Eddie wanted to do it all again. But he felt conflicted. During his confession, Tipton revealed that after his first successful scam, he pointed out the gap in the MUSL security system. It was a flaw, he told his bosses, that could allow for someone to rig the drawings. Of course, he didn't tell them that he already had. He didn't want to end up in jail, he just wanted to remove the temptation. His warning went up the chain of command, but nothing was ever done to address the lax security. So Tipton was free to repeat the scheme again. Soon enough, he did. Over the next decade, the software Tipton created to randomly generate numbers for drawings was replicated on as many as 17 state lottery systems working with MUSL. And with it went his secret code, triggering predictable number sequences on those three special days every year. It was too tempting to resist. Tipton, with various accomplices including his brother Tommy, purchased winning lottery tickets with collective prizes of around $24 million. The prizes came from Colorado, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Kansas. And for years, they got away with it. Until Tipton made one big mistake. He bought a ticket for himself. It's unclear why Tipton bought the ticket for himself, but there are a couple of possible reasons. Perhaps he couldn't find a willing accomplice this time, or maybe he was getting greedy and didn't want to have to cut anyone in on his winnings. The jackpot was over $14 million, and Tipton figured it was worth the risk. So in December of 2010, he entered a convenience store in Iowa and purchased a lottery ticket he knew was a winner. But for the next year, as Tipton struggled to figure out how to collect his winnings, the prize remained unclaimed. Organizers of the lottery made attempts to find the winner, but Tipton remained silent. Then in December of 2011, just hours before the winnings were set to be forfeited, the winning ticket was presented at lottery headquarters in Des Moines. The ticket was presented by two lawyers who said they represented a trust based in Belize. 
And here's where things went pear-shaped for Tipton. The lottery organizers requested information about the owner of the ticket and declined to hand over the jackpot until a name was given. After a month of back and forth, lawyers for the trust offered to donate the entirety of the jackpot to charity if their client could remain anonymous. But the offer was rejected. The trust withdrew its claim to the prize, and the Iowa Attorney General's office immediately announced an investigation. As the months ticked by, Eddie Tipton was no doubt nervous. Those nerves would have only increased in October of 2014 when footage of him purchasing his winning lottery ticket was released to the public. In January of 2014, following two years of investigation, Tipton was arrested and charged with two counts of fraud over the 2010 lottery scam. Following that conviction, he was charged in relation to his earlier rigged winnings and spent several years wrapped up in legal proceedings. After he made his confession, Tipton was sentenced to up to 25 years behind bars. His accomplices received lesser sentences, but most were required to pay restitution. At his sentencing, Eddie Tipton said that he regretted his actions and the number of people who were hurt as a result. Then again, he knew better than most that when it comes to the lottery, the odds are almost never in your favor. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. If you enjoyed today's episode, you might like our show Con Artists, where we dive into the lives and crimes of notorious men and women who conned themselves into notoriety. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Joel Callen, with writing assistance by Nora Battelle. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 